0: Welcome to a special episode of the Frontend Happy Hour podcast. Back in March for Women's Day, we did a live panel discussion at Tech No Day. We were joined by the conference organizer, Jen Ashley, on a live panel discussion on diversity inclusion in tech. This is a recording from the panel discussion with Stacey, Shirley, and myself talking with Jen.
1: Hi, everyone, uh, and uh, thanks again for joining us at uh, Techno Day. And uh, we have a very, very special episode uh, today uh, of Front End Happy Hour. Um, and we have some of the usual uh, suspects <laughs> who joined that uh, that uh, podcast. Um so I'm going to let them introduce themselves. Uh, shall we start with you, Ryan?
0: Yeah, sure. Well, thank you so much for having us. Uh, I'm Ryan Burgess. I'm a software engineering manager at Netflix. Thanks for introducing Front and Happy Hour, which is a podcast that the three of us are, are regular panelists on. And we talk about careers, engineering, I mean, all sorts of things. It's just been a lot of fun. continue to do that even during quarantine, which has been fun.
2: Yeah. Hello. My name is Shirley Wu. I'm an independent creator of data visualizations, which just means I work with clients on um, in many different industries
3: to help them tell visual stories with their data. And hi, everybody. I'm Stacey London. I'm a senior front-end engineer on Trello at Atlassian, and I'm very happy to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: And so today we are uh, actually discussing inclusion and diversity in tech, which is, I feel like it's a broad topic, so I'm really excited that we can probably cover a lot of fun things. But I, I figured to start with, I'd be curious to hear all of your thoughts. What makes an inclusive environment?
3: It's it's so many things, right? And I think it's probably different for each person, like what they, what they think means, what inclusion means for them. But um, for me, it just sort of means that like, my ideas are valued. I'm listened to. I'm not interrupted or talked over. I'm given space to speak. I can be myself. Um, I have psychological safety on the team that I'm a part of, or even the broader company as a whole. I think also like a place where people who are, you know, jerks are not tolerated. Like <laughs> there's a culture where those kinds of people are not welcome because they're 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 not kind and they're not welcoming and they don't create that kind of environment where people want to work together. So. I guess those are some of the big things that that popped to my mind.
2: So I think for me, it's currently a little bit interesting because I work for myself. So I am a team of one. So I guess I'm both very inclusive and exclusive for myself. (laughs) But uh, if I think back to when I was at full-time jobs, um, I have to admit, um, this is, I guess, the confession, um, that I left uh, full-time tech because it felt very, not very inclusive. I, I'm, I'm one of those that exited out and I was like, I'm better off on my own. Um, and that was like four or five years ago. And I'm starting to reconsider um, because I'm seeing initi- more and more initiatives like this, more conversations like this. That's much more about being welcoming. And, and so I'm starting to reconsider looking into full-time jobs again. But I do remember when I was at a full-time job, the number one thing is that I have a lot of opinions. <laughs> and so I think to echo what Stacy was saying, for me personally, it's about first being able to say my opinion and knowing that that's not going to get me punished in any sort of way. And then also valuing that a diversity of experiences usually make for a much better output of work. I like
0: that. Jen, anything you wanted
1: to add yeah so yeah i mean it's basically kind of the same right where you, you don't feel like you don't belong i think i think basically it's that right yeah, you you need to feel like you belong you know in this organization and to what to was saying that uh, there's a lot of like initiatives now and conversations around uh diversity inclusion uh, i think it's getting better obviously it's not Uh, jumping by, you know, like a a large leap or or something like that. But at least uh, we know that there's some movement, (laughs) at least. Uh, It's not perfect. But the important thing for me is that people are actually doing something you know, not everyone's doing it, but I, I know that there are people or organizations who are consciously doing something to change, you know, like the, the environment uh, that they're, uh, you know, putting like their uh, employees into. Um, so I think that that's that, that, that's That's very important Uh, because I always say, you know, like uh, we know the problem, but, you know, and we keep on talking about the problem. For me, what's more important is what, you know, actions are we taking to actually address that problem? Because it's, yeah, I know it's nice to hear about, you know, like all this talk about... um, you know, recognizing that there's this problem, blah, blah, blah. But I need like concrete actions. <laughs> Definitely. That's that's what I'm always looking for.
0: Yeah, I think it's like, it's always great that we're talking about it and recognizing we can do better. And that's great. But it's like, if there's no action items or nothing's changing, that's kind of, it's upsetting to, that it's just like, okay, well, then what's the point? But I also think it's really nice is... To recognize, it takes time too. It's not going to just happen overnight, but it's like every little bit helps. And so, people that are are putting actions out there, or even just being a little more aware in how you approach situations, I think that to me is going a really long way. But it it just it does take time. Uh, one of my favorite uh, quotes, actually, I'm going to quote for Nae Myers, um, who's written the book. What if I say the wrong thing? She she does a lot of great inclusion work, but. She, she had said is, like, diversity is being invited to the party. Inclusion is being asked to dance. And I always, that like, always resonated me with, like, really well, where it just makes a ton of sense that it's, like, cool. Like, we're, we're asking people, looking for them to come, but if we don't make it an inclusive environment, who cares? Like, they're, they're, like, especially when I think about companies, is, like, if I hire someone, like, who, you know, maybe different makeup than my team has if it's not an inclusive environment, they're going to bounce. And and then, so we don't benefit from them, from their diverse opinions. So um, that's always one that's really resonated with me.
3: Totally. You see a lot of these companies put a lot of like money and effort into like recruiting um, and hiring, uh, you know, to make their, the makeup of their, their company more diverse, but then they they're not doing the fundamental thing, which is really changing the inside culture to make sure that once you hire people that, are you know bring diversity into your company that they also just want to stay because it does feel inclusive and that they belong like that's the huge thing
0: Mm -hmm. yeah that's it goes such a long way and I think that's to kind of a lot of your points of saying like hey I'm respected for my opinion like people Mm -hmm. are going to hear me out they may not agree and that's okay like we are all going to have varying opinions and it's, it's really about like, how do we think about those holistically and be challenging each other and doing that, especially when we're creating products, because that's what a lot of us were talking about, right? We're building applications, we're building websites, we're building things in which a diverse set of people are using. It's not just yeah. made for yeah. the single type of people. And so you want those different opinions and different walks of life for people coming and joining to, to help build a better product. And I think that's the ultimate goal, too.
2: Yeah, And to your point about product, I think that it's, um, again, this is me, like, you know, from the outside looking in, I think it's such an interesting movement that's happening that's now diversity and inclusion is oftentimes very much connected to the bottom line, because to your point, um, you know, we want products that serve the very diverse set of people that use these products. And so if they don't, then um, that product is going to It's not going to get picked up or it's even going to get controversy. Um, And so I think to the point about like, um, I really appreciate the conversations. I think that's like such a great first step. But I think even speaking of like actions, I think there's now more and more reasons why companies really now see the need to invest in it. And I appreciate that, that um, we as a society are trying to push for companies to do better via Um, their bottom line.
1: Yeah, definitely. And, you know, uh, companies have to be really uh, conscious about the fact that, you know, they need to build products that represent, you know, their users, right? Um, And for example, if you're building, you know, a health app uh, that's forgot about menstruation, for one thing, because it was built by you know, a group of engineers who are all men. Uh, you know, obviously, that's, that's wrong. Uh, then, and that's why you need to have diversity uh, and inclusivity in the team, because that way you get to uh, consider you know, a lot more things that you would normally uh, if you're a homogeneous uh, group. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. I would not have a clue on how to contribute to that. So, you know, I probably wouldn't make a great product for it. So it makes a ton of sense. Um, Mm. We have been mentioning too about products uh, and like companies and how they've been investing in it. What are you all seeing? Like how are companies investing in it? Because I think I've seen it show up in different ways and I'm curious how you all have seen companies starting to think about it more.
3: I guess one thing I've seen... um a lot of companies trying to address ones that are doing it, I think better than others are trying to address it at a more structural issue. So they're, you know, making sure that they're hiring pipe, their processes um, don't have things like unconscious bias um, and trying to do a lot more training of people that are going to be doing interviewing at the companies to say like, here are things you shouldn't be doing. And and here's ways to like, make sure that you're interviewing fairly and that you're um, not, yeah. Uh, uh, making people aware of their unconscious bias, so that they're, it's not a part of that. So that that's, I think, a really good thing that I see. Um, also, companies that are proactively doing things like, if if women have been traditionally um, under leveled or under promoted or underpaid, they proactively are going and doing analysis of their data of the in the company and saying, we're going to automatically re level people or automatically adjust salaries, just so that. Um, everybody's on a fair playing field. It's, it sucks that, that it took, you know, a long time for companies mm-hmm. to actually do that. But the fact that they are trying, I think is, is really good. I think Salesforce did that um, in the last few years, like massively went through and just adjusted everybody to make sure salaries were fair. So things like that, I think are really important.
0: I like that training part too because now you're you're getting people to be more aware of it and and think about those things because how does a problem scale right like it's you can't just have like a lead uh diversity inclusion person for your company i mean that's a great start but like the whole point of it is like how do you really build this mindset across the company and mm-hmm. so that you're catching those things even in your own bias or just being more aware of mm. it. We all have biases, absolutely do. Mm. And so it's just starting to think a little more holistically of like how does that show up? Yeah. Mm. And to Jen's
3: point earlier, just like actions over words. Like mm-hmm. don't write, don't write a, a blog post about how your company values diversity. Do something about it through like these yeah. tangible things.
1: And, and we know we you know we cannot solve this uh, or, or fix all of this you know in our lifetimes even right, but at mm-hmm. least something is being done. And you know, as you said, yeah, that's that's really very important. Um, and it's you know, it's not just signaling, but really doing something. As you said, Stacey, uh, tangible, uh, which uh, you know. People and other companies you know, might look up to and hopefully a copy. Because for me, uh, I, I always say this that you know, for this particular problem, education is the key. Because we all, as we said, we, we all have these biases, and really, it's just a matter of addressing it by educating ourselves and everyone around us. Um, and yes, yeah, so and companies, uh, you know, have got a, a big I think responsibility here to. Not just do something uh, for them internally, but really support the community who's doing something as well to address, you know, the the, the problems. Uh, because at the end of the day, there are a lot of individuals who are, you know, putting up all these projects uh, for, you know, um, underrepresented people in, in technology. But they don't get the funding. Honestly, I know a lot of people that actually even spend their own money, you know, to get the programs going. When you have like billion-trillion companies who have got the budget, and when you uh, luckily we have some support for this particular uh, conference, but but you know, there's been instances where uh, people really have forked out their own money, and I I, I I kind of feel like that's not fair because they're already giving their time, you know, energy and effort to this, and companies. All you can do is like give them some budget to support the work that they're doing. Mm -hmm.
0: I also love that you brought up, Jen, the community aspect. Like the fact that we're at a conference, you know, for tech and diversity is, is amazing. But I think about that even when. For myself or even pushing that towards like others in, in in Netflix is thinking about which conferences are we speaking at or you know, how are we investing? What are we sponsoring? And I think those are aspects which I find really important. I care a lot about the community. And so I wanna make sure that I'm thinking strategically about like not showing up to a all white man <laughs> panel, right? Like I wanna make sure that I'm not adding to the problem. And, and I mean, I've totally made the mistake and sometimes it wasn't like conscious or purposely. It just like, I didn't put the effort into maybe dig in to say like, oh, what's like, what what are your speaker lineup look like? Um, have you thought about diversity inclusion? Like what, how does that show up for you? And like, what do you think about that in the conference? And, and I think more and more we question these things It starts getting others to think about it too but like it takes time I'm not expecting everyone to do the 100% do the best job right away Um, nor if they didn't think about it it's like that's that's fine hopefully we can have that conversation I'm not going to shame someone for doing that but I want to have the conversation about like how we could maybe make it better and maybe maybe I'm not the best panelist to be on maybe I can pull someone else from my team or or colleagues across the company that that have a different opinion and and would be better to suited for a panel
2: yeah I really like what you said Ryan about um effort like all of this takes effort on every individual aspect and I I really like also going back to what Stacy was saying about um the retention part just resonates with me so much of like you can get so many people through the door but if you can't get them to stay because it just feels so toxic that's yeah. That's such a big problem. I have so many friends that have tried their best to stay in, you know, managerial positions, like going from IC up to a managerial positions and tried their best and then like just kind of like waved the white flag and then and left the tech industry. And to the point of retention, I think that like I love everything that's been covered, because I think the diversity part, yeah, that's that's from a company, you know, that could come from up top of being like, we're just going to hire more diverse people. But the, the inclusion part, the retention part is very much I love that you said, again, that it's structural, because it really is, like, I can be made to feel unsafe from just one individual on my team. And it's, it's, the responsibility of every single person I mean me included everybody to be very conscious of how we're making others on the team feel and so I I really like going back to that word effort like it's I think the action the biggest action is that like we just we need to put in the effort, every one of us, of like, even as someone that's like a woman of color, I feel like there's, yeah, so many things, like we mentioned earlier, that I have ingrained bias. And in. um, it's just that constant effort, um, I think, is the most important to me personally.
0: Yeah, I think it's like, it becomes like all of our responsibility too. Mm-hmm. like, surely, if, if someone said something, you know, inappropriate to you. And I catch that, like, I could just say not say nothing and be like, well, it's not my problem. But that's like, that to me doesn't feel right either. Is like, why is that Shirley's responsibility to have to take on that burden all the time? Or, you know, I think it's like for all of us to catch those things and just say something. And, you know, and it's not to shame the other person either. Because like, we all make mistakes. Oh, my goodness, I have made so many mistakes. And I will continue (laughs) to make mistakes. But I think like, just being able being conscious and open, like, Oh, wow. Hey, Ryan, you probably shouldn't refer to that as X, Y, and Z, or, you know, like, that's probably not the best word to use here in this scenario. And, and me not knowing, I'm like, great. I, I now I know. And I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I said that and just like owning that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I look to others, if, if I catch someone say something wrong, or treat someone different, like, I'm, I'm going to say something, and I hope that they're receptive to it, and that we're all learning and in this together.
2: Actually, that's a really good point because, especially early on in my career, I didn't realize what um, kind of what unsafe comments looked like. If that makes sense, of like what bias looked like. Of and this is a story that, like, I think Ryan, you tell sometimes of the first time I was at React Rally, and um, I was giving a talk. And then suddenly somebody shouts from all the way like in the back and interrupts my talk and just tells me to up the font size because he can't see. And then I think we like have a little bit of an exchange and I move forward because in my mind, and then I just pick up the talk again, because in my mind, I'm like, yeah, he just couldn't see like, (laughs) and like, I didn't think too much about it. But Ryan and a few others afterwards was like, WTF, like, (laughs) that was completely unacceptable. And, you know, like, I think, did you call out that person on my behalf? I can't remember. But I think even just that moment of somebody else telling me, hey, that's unacceptable behavior that I didn't even think about, I think has made me more aware of all of the kind of little microaggressions that we encounter day to day. And I think that, you know, really helps because it means that I'm more aware and that means that I can be on the lookout for other people too.
0: Yeah, and that that was a time where I was like, you also wanna be conscious of like, when's the right time to say something. (laughs) And in that scenario, do I want to add to the problem and interrupt your converse like be like draw attention to that interrupt you're already been interrupted when you're speaking to now add to that um Stacey was actually sitting right beside me and I was like we were both appalled at it um, yeah, in, in, in that scenario where where I would best like take that approach is find the person find this man after the fact and just mention I was like hey did you know you're aware that like that was probably not the best time to ask that and I, I understand like you couldn't see that but she was right in the middle of her presentation and that that can really throw someone off and i think a lot of times unfortunately this does tend to happen more to females that they'll be up there speaking and and they're getting interrupted it's it's less likely going to happen to me and so like it's just like I'm, I'm a little more conscious of that for sure
1: yeah and we all obviously you know, come from a place where we don't know well nothing or we don't know a lot about you know this subjects that we're talking right now And it's fine. Right. Uh, But, you know, recognizing that, yes, you don't know much about this and you need to learn, you know, is is like a key thing. Uh, So accept that. And and, uh, yeah, just be conscious. Yes. In the beginning, you'll be very uncomfortable with this thing. And uh, I think, uh, you know, someone said the other day when I was giving a talk, you know, we all have to start being comfortable, comfortable with being uncomfortable. Um, because yeah, it's, this is you know, it's it's obviously not a very simple subject. You know, it's 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 a delicate thing. You know, and we can all make mistakes as we actually try and correct you know the situation we're in. But yeah, it's. I think we just have to be forgiving of everyone, right? Uh, or, or uh, you know, I just said Ryan, uh, forgiving or or be uh, cognizant of uh, things that that need to be addressed and maybe try and find <laughs> like uh, ways to address them without have, having to kill, you know, each other.
0: Yeah, because you don't want it to, <laughs> to be like itself. this huge frustration thing that we're fighting about. It's like this is we're trying to make things more more of inclusive um at that point and i think of like another thing i know we were talking about different tech companies or or companies in general like things that they're doing one thing i've been impressed with and and i know stacy uh lassian has done a lot of this too is working on inclusive language within the company Mm. and like the cool thing is is you don't have to necessarily have people catching people, like meaning is like, it doesn't mean I don't have to be the police saying like, oh, you shouldn't use that word because of X, Y, and Z. You can actually have things like Slack bots that, that catch a word. And they're Mm -hmm. like, oh, maybe you should try a different word. And so it's like educating without having that or in pull requests, like which, you know, we're coding and, and some things might get said poorly. And it's like, a, a pull request, something could be caught there and let, letting the person know, I'm really a big fan of the effort um, that a lot of companies and, and just even the open source community has done to, to get rid of the Git br- master branch, like we're moving mm-hmm. towards we've all yeah. kind of decided, main is the better name for that. And And it's not a huge, it's not an easy thing in companies to just drastically change. So that is a it sounds simple, just changing a name, but it's a big effort. And mm-hmm. I love that companies are investing that and just trying to be more inclusive that way. It's like, oh, we made mistakes in the past. Cool, let's try and fix that and, and make go forward in a better scenario. Yeah, yeah that's
1: why I, don't, I, I, I didn't uh, like understand. Uh, I know some companies were opposed to doing that, uh, that very thing. When I've seen, it's like a very simple change, like, Really, really simple change. like, and, and, you know, the effect of that is so, you know, so great, so good. Why won't you do it? I just don't understand it.
3: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, language just matters so much. And words matter mm-hmm. more than people, I think, give them credit. And it creates an atmosphere. The way that you talk about something creates mm-hmm. an atmosphere that is part of a culture. And that is part of what creates culture is language. And, yeah, and just choosing to use a different word or a different phrase is is not that difficult but sometimes yeah maybe you've said a word all your life and it's sort of like in the it's 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 the default mm-hmm. that you go to like like saying hey guys when you when yeah. you're talking to a group that is not just all men like that seems like a simple change. Although if it's the thing you've said your whole life, like you just have to catch yourself. And, and. but you can, you can learn where our brains are elastic. They can change. You can, um, with practice, you can change any of that.
0: I think it gets back to my point is it does take time. I love that example, Stacey, because it, you, you catch yourself and you're like, Oh, no, like, it's fine. It's like, nobody's gonna be like, wow, you messed up big time. But it's like, mm-hmm. as long as you're being a little more conscious of it and trying to change that, I think is amazing. And I know, Stacy, like you and I've had these conversations years ago where there was something, I remember, it was something like, hey, guys, it was something else. But you were, you're like, oh, that's probably not the best word. And I, it's, it's stuck in my head. And now whatever I, I guess it hasn't stuck in my head in the fact that I can't remember what word it was, but it's like, it's something that now I've trained myself like just to not say anymore, mm. just being more aware and more conscious of that. And I think that that's amazing. It was just even as a peer, you saying like, oh, it's probably not the best word. And I'm like, oh, wow, never even thought of that. Now it's like, I'm thinking about that more and being more conscious.
1: And even we, you know, we, we women, like we use guys, right? Uh, yeah. In the past, all, like, all the time. And I'm the same. And I had to really like, Learn to change it, and now I, you know, replace it with folks. uh Most mm. of the time, I, I sometimes forget, but you know, I, I, I know. I at least I know I made an effort. It was very, very again uncomfortable at first because you know I'm not used to like folks. Like it, it wasn't like a common thing. I don't know if it, if in the US is is a more common, uh, you know, word to refer refer to a group. But uh, I think in the UK it's not really much of a word that you guys is still the you know, the thing that, that most people use, but yeah, it was very uncomfortable, but, you know, at the end of the day, it's uh, like what we say about confidence is a muscle that you can exercise. This is also another, like, muscle that you can exercise, so Mm -hmm. go do it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love what you brought up too, Jen, a bit, is the, like, different countries different like where you Mm. live things can drastically change too and so you know something that you're like wow we don't even really say that and that's fine that's great but there's you know i think it there might be something else that someone else is offended by um Mm -hmm. and you may not even realize that and i think that that's really something just to be conscious of i think it's it's not about like saying the right thing all the time but just being more aware like Hey, if this person was offended, I'm happy to change. Like they are words, like they're powerful, like Stacy said, but it's also like we have so many different words in the English language that we can switch it up and and do some still say what we're trying to say. And I think that that to me is what's uh, really impressive about that.
1: And what I found as well when I started changing, you know, uh my use of like uh, guys versus folks is that people who actually hear me or people I like email or whatever or, or chat to Kind of feel uncomfortable with that as well because they're not used mm-hmm. to hearing that. But uh, you know, I, I, my, my, uh, my view is you know what? I just stay with it because otherwise, you know, things are not going to change if 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 no one starts it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, mm-hmm. so just, if you're doing it, then, then just stick with it and uh, hopefully you know more people will get influenced by it.
0: Mm-hmm. You know what? It's it's even like doing pronouns, which now I regret we didn't start off doing that. But like saying your pronouns, he, his, her, she, like think that. That is awesome. Like it's just now making it more like more normal. It, it feels awkward at first. I will admit, the first time I ever did it, it just felt weird. And it's like that's okay. We should go. We should feel uncomfortable, and and that's okay. Mm-hmm. And it will get it will get less uncomfortable as we go. Yeah, definitely. So I, earlier we would kind of talked about if you saw something, you know, should you say something, or how do you approach that, and how can you basically be an ally? And I'm curious some of your thoughts on like, what are ways in which people maybe shown up as an ally or where you would like to see them show up as allies? You know, I'd love to hear some of your thoughts on that.
3: I think some of the the best things I've seen with allies, allyship is, is um, because if, if you're part of the more uh, represented group, you have more, I guess, you know, power in that the burden shouldn't necessarily be on the person in the smaller represented Mm -hmm. group to, to, to do something about things. That's quite a burden. Um, and mm-hmm. so to be a good ally is to, you know, if you see somebody say something in a meeting that isn't inclusive or talk over somebody or just to have behavior that makes people feel uncomfortable, if you can call that out or say something, that's huge. That's, that's, that's um, I think, really great because it starts to set an example and others will start to follow and uh, amplify voices. Like if somebody, you know, if, um, if I'm talking in a meeting and I say something and then it's ignored or talked over, someone could be like, hey, actually, I think you know, Stacy's idea was really interesting. Why don't we dig into that further? Like That's helpful because sometimes the, um, this the sort of unconscious bias stuff comes in and it's like maybe m- my idea wasn't listened to, not necessarily because I said it, but because unconscious bias. And so if you amplify it, that helps to start to erase it. And So things like that I think are really good for, for allyship.
0: Yeah. or when I, someone else takes your idea and, ugh, and oh, raise it, oh. it it's like oh the idea that Stacy just shared yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah yeah that's a good idea <laughs> sorry Shirley go ahead
2: oh no I was gonna say um I actually really love how Stacy put it as the more represented group or the even a person that has more quote unquote power in the organization mm-hmm. um because I don't think that Um, If we're talking about inclusivity, like, I don't think it's just purely, like, race or gender or, uh, you know, sexual orientation or anything like that. I think even, like, I think there are points at which maybe, like, people would like maybe i'd be the most listened to person in the room and then like i want to make sure that like other people um, even like as a woman of color maybe like i'm just like an expert on the topic or something mm-hmm. and then um like and then um uh and then i can try my best to make the space more welcoming or highlight other people so i guess all i'm trying to say is like um i I really like what Stacy was saying that made me think of like Ally as not just, you know, like um, one particular group of people, but like we all can be an ally for someone else that might be stuck in a more difficult situation or, or like they don't feel like they can speak up as much. Um, but I, I would like to kind of like echo um, the whole, I think when... Let's say like if I'm in a position where I feel attacked or trolled or whatever, it's oftentimes that if I speak up, I sound defensive and then it like lights up the fire. And to have someone else that's like in my corner, like supporting me, backing me up, that's some of the more most like powerful feeling, like empowering feeling. Um, and I I I I love that because like um Uh, In my studio with my studio mates, um, we have this pact of like, we'll always be in each other's corner of like, if we get online trolls or something. Um, And I think that's that is really helpful to know that like, at any given time, I have friends or I have, you know, people in my corner.
0: I like that. That is awesome. And I think, Shirley, I like what you said too is like having the people in your corner or even. Um, that it doesn't matter about race or gender or it, like that may not even be the group that's like maybe being spoken mm-hmm. di- or, like negatively to or whatever it is. But um, even people of power could be literally someone in a higher up position, right? Yeah. Like we, we all, we're in companies where you have a director, VP manager and and hopefully they are using that clout because they do have clout. Don't get it wrong. They do. And mm-hmm. so like, yeah. how are they leveraging that for good? It can go a long way.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we kind of covered that uh, under the subject of uh, having a sponsor. Uh, so we know about mentors, uh, but yeah. sponsors really are people who who has your back and, you know, mm-hmm. would uh, defend you or whatever, or, you know, give you like better directions in terms of how you deal with things. Um, or, it can, or it might not even be like a sponsor, like a senior person. For example, if you're, you know, a guy who is uh, – for example, uh, getting this particular whatever package, right, from a company, and you know, you knew about a woman who's applying for the same role mm-hmm. in your company or in a different company, and, uh, and if you maybe kind of help the person realize that this is, you know, like the market rate, if you because know, we know, mm-hmm. right, that women in general are underpaid compared to to men. So mm. you know, if you kind of just simply you know helping that person realize that this is probably the package you should be like asking for, and mm-hmm. it's a big help. You know that 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 is allyship, right? Uh, in simple mm. terms, um, because you're yeah definitely helping that person, that woman in particular, uh, not get the short end of the stick. I actually mentioned this in another chat earlier, but yeah, yeah, basically mm-hmm. that's another form of allyship.
0: I love that one, too, because it is like knowing your worth is huge. Like, I think Mm. that that's the most important thing is understanding getting paid. What's the value? Like, what's the market rate? And like, what are my peers getting paid? Um, Especially when we've seen underrepresented groups getting paid less. And it's just like it's disheartening. They're doing Mm. the same job, probably even doing a better job. But yeah, still, they're getting paid less. Uh, one thing I wanted to ask you all too is, you know, being an ally, like we, we talked about like someone speaking up so that, um, you know, you don't have to necessarily be like the underrepresented group may not have to be the one that constantly is taking on that burden. I think there are times though in situations like even surely you mentioned the conference one where I could have stood up and like shame the guy in front of everyone um, <laughs> probably wouldn't have been a good thing. But I, I think it's like when is the right time because this this Mm -hmm. often goes through my head too is you could also make the mistake of too much attention to it and and that could actually be a problem too and so i think there are ways where you might even ask you know if stacy something i saw something egregious where i'm like do you want me mm-hmm. to say something? Maybe it's like through Slack, yeah. or, you know, I could message her off the side or ask, how would you have liked me to handle that in the future? Because um, I think that's important, too, because you you don't want to just be, you know, especially mm-hmm. me being a white man, I just want to come in and be like, "Oh, I'm going to save the world. It's, you know, and say, because <laughs> like that can actually add to the yeah. problem. Um, so I think yeah. it's important, I guess, my point here is to also ask, like your colleagues, how would you like me to handle this situation? Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's like saying it to the person who made the mistake, just saying it behind the scenes, um, you know, Pulling them aside, message them in Slack, whatever it is. Um, I think that can go a long way too.
2: Yeah, that's a really good point because I feel like there's a very fine line between allyship and savior, like the savior.
3: <laughs> yes, <laughs>
2: savior mentality. Yeah, the savior <laughs> mentality. Yeah. So yeah, I I love. I think the definitely the asking the person um, so that they can be in charge of um, of how they want the the conflict resolved or.
0: I know we're getting close to time. I'm curious as maybe to, as we're wrapping up the conversation, what's a piece of advice that you all would give uh, just to help our, like our community, our companies, teammates, anything, anything to really help be more inclusive. Like what's something that you think would, we've talked a lot about Allyship, but I, I would love to hear a piece of advice that you would love to uh, leave our listeners with.
3: I think for me, it's, I guess a long time ago when I was in college, I did this, um, this thing called a uh, diversity training or whatever, and this was like in the late '90s, so it was kind of interesting. That um, you know, we we talk a lot about it now, but back then I think it wasn't as talked about at all, like in in, in companies and tech and stuff. So it was an interesting thing, program that I did. And you'd go into dorm rooms and you'd have people get together and talk about these topics. And one of the Exercises we did was, you know, and I, I think they still do them today. It's like you ask someone when you were growing up, you know, were you able to go to a library or were you able to, um, mm-hmm. did your parents take you to go swimming? Or there's all these like things that you can ask and, and you say, step, take a step forward if you did. And, and it shows, mm-hmm. it visually shows at the end of this exercise what kind of privilege you, you had um, growing up. And I thought it was a really powerful exercise to, to get people to understand what privilege is and so I guess my advice would be like if you've never thought about privilege or what it is and and what that means for you take some time to like think about that and I think that helps you become more empathetic and and realize how you can either become a better ally or how you can do things differently.
1: So for me you know um, again I'd like to to stress that uh, it has to be a continuous uh, education uh, for everyone because that's the only way i think we can change uh, or at least one of the best ways we can change you know, um, ourselves and the mm-hmm. environment and change it for you know people who are uh you know not being I- included and yes again you know uh, concrete actions <laughs> especially from companies please do you know don't just do signaling uh, and just making uh Or doing things so that you look good uh there is definitely a need you know for uh supporting people who are working um uh you know in getting uh ch- getting you know more changes out there in terms of diversity and inclusion you know you have resources, so please you know do <laughs> do use those resources.
2: I what I was going to say was just on the individual level of, um, I think to what Jen has said, to what Stacey has said, to what everybody has said about, um, all of these conversations or all of these changes being very uncomfortable from the very beginning. I've definitely gotten feedback about, you know, languages that weren't, didn't feel inclusive or just being educated about, um, you know, things that. And all of them have always felt not only uncomfortable, but like even with the best intention of the other person, I felt defensive. And so and and it's it's I don't have to be defensive. They're like being so nice about it. But like it's just kind of like it feels like I'm I'm my my person is being attacked. And I think it's that like to let go of that, like I'm I'm still on the journey of like being <laughs> better at taking feedback and um just being open to listening to what the other person is trying to say, especially if the person is in that group that is the underrepresented group, or they are, you know, the group that um, was wronged, they're taking the time to explain it to me. So like being open to it and putting aside my own personal pride, (laughs) because that's what's like making me defensive. Um, (laughs) And just being like, let's listen to what's the important part of Um, They're just trying to make a better like they're trying to make our relationship better, like our friendship better or and so to focus on that and, and just be open to the listening without being defensive. That was my one thing. (laughs)
0: I love it. I'm I'm probably just adding to some of these things, but I think for me, it's like getting comfortable being vulnerable too. Is because like we are mm-hmm. going to make mistakes and we do have to have these hard conversations. You're going to fumble along. Like we it is it's going to happen. You're going to say the wrong thing. Try and get comfortable with that and just be vulnerable. And like yeah. like Shirley, you said, take the feedback, let it sit and understand it, and just be like, okay, I made a mistake, and how do I move forward? But for me too, it's like self reflection. I think like hearing mm-hmm. Stacy talk about like what's my privileges or thinking through those things? And how do they show up? And yeah, definitely, I've had a lot of privileges. So I'm I'm trying to think like, how does that show up differently for others? And, and so I think that's really good. There's so many resources online, I think, like, you have to be reading. And I mean, not just online, there's amazing books out there, videos, everything, articles. And I think for me, I've constantly had to read all these things to be more empathetic. I mean, here I am, like, you know, I'm, usually I'm like, look around, everyone's like me. I'm a man in tech. Like that is, you know, typically it's, that's who I look or like my colleagues all look alike. And so being the only is not something that I experience often. And so for me, I have to like over index on understanding and just learning from peers or doing a lot of research on my own. Cause yes, I don't also want to go. So ha- teach me all the things like, you know, I'm, I don't know what it's like. It's like, no, I mean, do that search myself. There's a lot of great materials out there. So for me, Self reflect look educate there's so much material um, I think that will continue to help us get better. It takes time we're all in this journey at different points too you might be at ground zero just realizing that I should do better and and that's great I mean people are further along others haven't even thought about it and so I think that's okay we're going to be all at it in different points
1: and one thing I was uh, uh, I want to say to people who are making an effort is sometimes you well, you know people won't even believe you uh, people will, mm. will probably think oh what's you know his or her agenda and all that and you know what if you mm-hmm. from the bottom of your heart you know you're doing something genuine um just you know just continue with it uh, don't listen to criticisms <laughs> well yeah. obviously we all have to listen to <laughs> you know, <they're> constructive <laughs> ones, right but you know what I mean? but like um don't get discouraged if you think you're you know trying to do something good then yeah just continue with it and uh, yeah uh, and eventually you get you know more support from people around you
0: yeah don't do it for credit either because like that's what you like you said it's like you're gonna hear from trolls and and that kind of stuff that criticism you can ignore and or i mean it's hard sometimes but ignore that but you're also you don't have to get credit for this this is all the like little things that just go a long way and help the community and help everyone be more inclusive well this is awesome discussion like thank you all like we said not an easy subject to talk about it's uh it is uncomfortable and like even being on a panel where you know people are going to be watching us and and listening to us it's like (laughs) yeah well we could have said the wrong thing we may even have said the wrong Mm -hmm. thing but i think it's it takes a lot of courage from everyone so thank you all for having this conversation i I i hope to see more people having this conversation
1: no thanks thanks to so all three of you for being here uh, at uh, you know at uh, Techno Day and yeah we'd love to have you know, more conversations like this in the future Awesome, awesome. thanks
0: thank for you. all you do Jen Thank you, so yes. much. Thank you Jen for us. this is amazing <laughs> yes thank you